Welcome to The Front Line, the sales and marketing podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Front Line, sales and marketing podcast. Uh, we aim to provide entrepreneurs and enterprise leaders with the three T's, the tools, tips, and techniques that help improve sales and marketing knowledge for better results. I'm John, joined here today by my fellow cast members, Floris Block, marketing strategy, customer experience, and digital transformation expert, Jeremy Pierce, sales trainer and coach at Outside Sales Training, founder and creator of the Mastermind Sales Methodology, and myself, Aiden Collis, CRM, marketing automation specialist and all-around good guy. So, we have a couple of guests with us here today. Um, I'd like to quickly welcome Nick and James Wadley, brothers in arms. How are you going? G'day guys, thanks a lot for having us on today. The brother co-founders of Iron Drake Planning Solutions, and um, yeah, we're we're really excited to get involved with the podcast. Excellent, awesome. So yeah, as uh, as uh, Nick mentioned, they provide cleaning services to apartments and businesses in the inner suburbs of Brisbane. Um, their business is called Iron Drake, and we're talking to them today about setting up and marketing a business, in particular a cleaning business, in amongst the COVID nineteen. Uh, I suppose, virus pandemic. Um, so uh, welcome again to our podcast and I guess I'll roll straight into a question. Um, can you please share with us your experience in setting up the Brisbane, uh, in Brisbane in this environment? So in the middle of this environment, we've come through the bushfires and now um, COVID-19. Um, there's always been some distraction going on since we started. Um, so, uh, traditional marketing almost seems out of touch in these times because everyone's talking about these big, um, big attention drawers, what's going on in the world, and um, obviously, obviously you want to be you want to make sense in your marketing channels and be current and relevant. It's so, you say that when uh, we actually met, it was face to face at a networking event. And uh, now they're banned, and we have to do everything over Zoom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In a short time, we got to know each other, and we thought, hey, there's a good idea that we should have a chat or do something. And uh, and in between that, it is so disruptive, it's just shut us down, and, and now we're all on Zoom. And I think the biggest thing about any marketing strategy is consistency, and um, just, just that inability to have a consistent message that would actually hit home with people especially with COVID-19 when every, that's all ever, anyone ever talks about. So it's hard to have a traditional marketing message around cleaning services. And I suppose it's you almost have a message around that so that you can uh, join into the conversation. Yeah. And I think, you know, that consistency piece is, is so important and um, it's really, really hard to do online. Um, obviously that that's what, what I do, what we do in, in terms of the marketing automation side, but it's, it's so important and yet not so few businesses do it. You know, you don't have to have a good message just as long as you're consistent. Mm-hmm. You can have consistently crap messages like McDonald's. I mean, sure, their messages are good. Their products aren't that great, uh, but they're consistent and that's what people bank on. What's a good example of consistency? Um, keeping consistent for a business like cleaning. So being in the early days of our marketing strategy, we actually, on the flip side of the coin, this is a huge opportunity to get started and get some traction um, in, in a sort of blowing up a, an area that we can actually relate to our industry. 
um, and an area that we can put products out into the market very correlated with the noise. Um, so we haven't actually experienced consistency in our strategy yet because we're fairly new with our, with our um, online and in-person strategies, which is the networking as well as devising a schedule around our online. Yeah, I think you, you guys really need to focus on building trust and you are fortunate that you haven't started a travel company uh, at the moment. You've got an industry that's primed and everybody wants to stay clean and healthy and focus on their well-being. So, uh, well done. Well, that was, uh, that was actually my point. So, I'm, I'm currently in the uh, process of writing an article for LinkedIn and it is absolutely on point of what we just said, which is that we're offering, whether it's product or service, to the, uh, the context, right? I mean, it's coincidental now that you guys are setting up a cleaning business, but it seems to be extremely relevant in today's environment, especially if your uh, service offering and, for example, how you deliver that service is extremely relevant and appropriate, for example, to the level of hygiene that are required now in this uh, uh, pandemic. Okay, um, so yeah, so based on what I was saying, um, I was basically saying it's extremely relevant uh, in terms of adapting your product offering and service offering uh, to the context that you're operating in. And it seems to be a good coincidence that you're starting a cleaning business right at the time where right now, as Avon said, everyone is actually looking at getting everything clean in order to stop the progression of the, uh, the pandemic. So is that something that you're taking into account in that marketing strategy of yours, or is that something that just happened to fall in your lap as a lucky serendipitous moment? This was definitely a lucky serendipitous moment. Um, and from, from these events have, have sort of strung out two opportunities. There's the people that are keeping, keeping their employees at work and just up ramping up the amount of office cleans they're getting to keep their environment sterilized. And then on the, on the other side, there's the people that have sent everyone home and they're looking for a solution to actually get people back into work. So in one sense, we keep our standard office cleaning and sanitization ramped up with, with half the audience. And then we can offer a fumigation um, solution to the other half of our audience. So it's sort of a, it's a, it's a double whammy. It's a trident of, of um, oper uh, opportunity. It's just how fast we can move now and how effectively we can convey our message um, to our target audience. And I think that's one challenge I'm finding and is having the underlying core marketing strategy, but then also having the adaptability. So how do you quickly adapt, but also don't lose sight of, of being consistent and regular with your marketing? And I suppose that's a balancing act that we're experiencing right now. I think that's an excellent point. Uh, thank you for bringing it up, James. I think, you know, as long as within your marketing strategy, you've built your brand as well. And from the brand strategy, if you wish, you can go down to the, uh, to the strategy, the marketing strategy. You start with the purpose or the why of the business. And I would imagine yours is, you know, let's keep a healthy environment. Let's keep a clean environment. Let's provide these services to the company, to your target audience. In, in essence, you're talking about adaptability, not in actually changing your brand or your service offering. You're adapting it to make it more relevant, more appropriate, and more in touch with the actual circumstances that you're in. Is that a fair assessment? Absolutely. 
And um, with that adaptability comes, you know, being able to adapt and keep consistency going. The thing that becomes very obvious is your systems. The only way you're going to keep operating while working on a new um, product and a new and a new way of doing business at the same time is if you can somewhat automate what you're already doing um, or outsource part of it. Um, so that's what's coming full front or to the front of our attention at the moment is our systems need to be upgraded for opportunities that come right out of the blue like this. Because as I think you're all aware, you can have great marketing opportunities, but if you're not following these opportunities up with phone calls and, and then you're constantly thinking, oh, who should I have called and whatnot, uh, you sort of lose, you lose, um, you lose your mark on the page really. And you, and then all of these great ideas you might've had just go to waste. Yeah, and when you've got to do it at a certain volume to, uh, you know, you need 100 to, to get at the front of the funnel to get down to the 30 that are serious to get down to the 10 that will actually pay. And then, you know, you've, you've got to keep those numbers up. And how do you keep those numbers up if you can't, if you have to remember every single person you spoke to? You forget, yeah, you absolutely you do need a system. What are some examples of systems, Avon, that um, you help businesses you incorporate? <laughs> Oh, right. Uh, I didn't want to state the obvious. <laughs> uh, CRM specifically, um, being able to uh, measure your leads, capture them, keep a, uh, a history of the conversations you've had with them. You know, there's been people uh, that I've, I've sat down with, like I, after I've been to networking event, I'd sit in the car for you know, 20 minutes and put notes in on all these people that I've spoken to. And then they've come back and, and there's a meeting in my, in my calendar because they've booked it automatically. And I'm like, who the hell is that? I Google their or I search their um, uh, email ID in my system or their name, and then I've got a full history. Uh, it's it's captured the email, it's captured the phone number, it's captured the, uh, the conversation in my notes that we've had. I'm like, oh, that's who it was. So when I pick up the phone, I'm like, hey, like we're best buds, chatting again from from day one. So absolutely, it's uh, it's important to have a system. Uh, I think it's fair to say that. Um there are many other tools that we can put in place or that we can talk about. And I think maybe it's worthy of an entire separate podcast in terms of preparedness and readiness for working from home and these kind of elements. Um, but yes, your CRM is, is your first poor call because you're uh, collecting and collating all the information from your clients so that you want to, because I would imagine one of the values that you have in your organization in Iron Drake is that you want to be personable. You want to be personalized as well. You want to offer that personalized service. Um, but then, of course, your service requires an in-person presence. Uh, so there is very little in, 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 in the sense of what you can do remotely. So can you maybe uh, tell us a little bit more on within the circumstances as they are now, how do you then protect, for example, your staff, your cleaning crew, and still also offer the same level of service to, to your customers? So with the, we're actually looking to import a product from America and um, the product is EPA certified. So, and it's being used to clean the diamond princess. Uh, so in, in doing that sort of fumigation, you would be, there's a very like high standard of PPA, uh, PPE, sorry. Uh, and in doing this fumigation itself, you're you're going through and killing the coronavirus essentially. So I think 
in terms of keeping our staff safe, where we want to sort of transition into fumigating offices when no one's there. And because no one's there, no infected people are there and they're going into the office spaces with high levels of PPE using a fumigation that kills the virus anyway. So that's sort of what, how we want to transition in this environment is um, fumigating areas where there's no humans there at the first, in the first place. And this, this application can spread across buses. Uh, it can spread across uh, uh, aeroplanes and that's especially that's a, a great opportunity for us right now because think about Qantas they've grounded 90% of their aircraft so in terms of keeping our staff safe we're sort of not really intending to put them in harm's way we're intending to have them well protected and going into environments which don't have humans in them anyway. If any businesses um, had some staff um, contract coronavirus um, what would you recommend for the business in terms of uh, cleaning or like some, what, what do you recommend their first steps would be? So the methodology that we're intending to employ is, um, is a fogging technology essentially. So it fogs um, a, a chlorine dioxide solution throughout the whole, throughout the whole office and it goes through the air conditioning system itself and Generally, you want to have this remediation process last for 25 minutes, but um, even 15 minutes can will kill the virus. So, if if they feel like if they've had cases within their workplace, I would I would I would say let let us come in, uh, give us 25 minutes, and then ensure the other staff aren't infected themselves. And then once the 25 minutes has gone through, we've run the fog through the air conditioner, and it's killed everything then I'd feel pretty comfortable letting the staff back in. So, yeah, it's, it's basically an overnight solution. We'd come in after work that day. Um, we're, we're teaming up with other commercial com- cleaning companies that we know and trust to, to be able to um, manage the scale of this, of this problem at the moment. Um, so in any sort of emergency situation, it'll be something we'll be able to get your employees back to work the next day. It's uh, one of those things where you can survive so long on the surface. Like you've got to really be aware of your own people because if they go in and they touch it and then rub their face or whatever and then they've got it and then they go room to room to room and they're cleaning and then touching stuff after they've cleaned it and then all of a sudden it's back in the same environment. So it is a really tough thing and you kind of have to put your people in harm's way uh, in order to solve the problem. So I guess it's, it's quite difficult. Suppose, I wish I had a photo of it, but when you see what people wear when they're um, apl- applying this, it's like way more, it's way more intense than asbestos, really. Like you're wearing goggles. Uh, I'm, I'm picturing the, you know, the movie where uh, the monkey gets the, it's got a virus and he bites some people and then they're in these like <laughs> space suits, basically. It's, it's a, yeah, it's essentially like a sperm suit. I was just going to say a lot of businesses um, may not fall into the same category um, as a cleaning business in this sort of time. Um, is there any, uh, is there any like things that you guys are doing at the moment uh, just in case that this is not the case and a lot of work does fall off? What are, what are you guys um, yeah. pulling in place? Yeah, absolutely. And I think speaking more broadly to bit, uh, new businesses in general, just the benefit of networking networking is how this opportunity has come up for us. It's how we've been able to get in contact with you guys 
and you can sort of draw on your your team basically to solve problems much faster um, already. I've been networking now for two and a half, three weeks, and the the benefits we're seeing um, from lead cost. Uh, we we started um, our jobs with lead sites like Highpages um, and and ServiceSeeking.com. We might be paying twenty dollars for a lead um, on these sites, but if we make a good connection in our networks, that could be a five dollar coffee that turns into ten jobs. Um, repeat networking is definitely something we're falling back on if these sorts of opportune ideas fall through. Um, and it's, it, it enables us to build strength and plan business. And the other thing I would add to that is if you, if, if you um, are a small business and you're this is an opportunity to um, develop your marketing strategy, make shitloads of content. That's what I. That's what I intend to do. If business slows down, I'm just going to go into the room and make as much content as I can. So as business picks back up, I've got so much content out there that people that it, I'll be relevant. I mean, the, the values of networking are are amazing, and and we've all um, experienced it. And in our business, we are all focused on networking as well. We actually released last week uh, an episode on the. Uh, customer acquisition costs and customer lifetime value and 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 where do you then go to actually get you know your 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 clients or your customers if you wish is uh, immediately a, a reflection of your strategy if uh, for example as you said you're paying for lead generation services you're paying 20 30 dollars and in some cases if you add on top of it all your marketing efforts and your costs and all of that you're looking at about a hundred dollars or so per client and they're not necessarily high worth clients either, because then you have to have the metrics of comparing each client that you paid X amount for to what they're actually returning in terms of value to the organization. So when you are doing your networking, I would imagine that you're pre-qualifying already your next client. Yeah, absolutely. And um, with, with networking, um, we're able to much more rapidly uh, get to a standard um, in our business that we want to deliver just because we're exposed to so many people we can learn from as well. Um, it increases the value of our offering at, a, at an exponential rate. If we're just banging around in our room um, where our growth really doesn't compare, um, if we're just cold calling or um, doing cold business walk-ins, it just doesn't have the same effect and we're sort of, we don't have any reference points to learn from either. So, And another thing I'd say is I think face-to-face is the most efficient form of communication. If you can talk to someone, you, you can tell if you can trust them or not. So there's, I think face-to-face is way more efficient. And uh, being able to speak to uh, people and, and sort of at scale, like being able to, to get a control of a whole bunch of um, relationships, you know, you, you might be able to find one client that's with you for five years and might be worth a million dollars. You know, that's the kind of customer lifetime value. Right? Instead of like, oh, you clean my, my, you did a bond clean, it was you know, three, four hundred bucks, done, see you later, that's it, never see them again. But, um, you know, you keep that client for one year, two years, three years, five years, ten years, you know, you, you've got a lot of money and your marketing costs for that is your first cup of coffee. That's it. I mean, imagine, for example, getting a, an airline contract, right? 
you stumble across, for example, an airline executive, you have a couple of beers, maybe a couple of coffees, whatever, and then all of a sudden that turns into a contract. And the investment is minimal, but the impact is huge. All I was going to say is we've had experiences where um, people need cleaning done quickly and they, they could just Google our oh, cleaners, but because we've met them and they feel like, oh, I know the first person they think of is Michael or me. So straight away, they're, they're in a rush. They need a cleaner. They give me a call. We solve their solution. We solve their problem. And instantly um, we show our value because, and that's interesting because you'd think that most people just Google it, but straight away they've got a memory peg that I know a cleaner. It's that guy I met and I actually liked him. So I'm going to give him a call. I think that's a fair point. Uh, I think in terms of the um, SEO or search engine optimization and advertising, etc., that's, that's a whole different chapter that we can have a chat about. Um, Unfortunately, in, in today's world, you cannot, in my opinion, not be on Google, for example, or not be searchable. You have to be on all the channels. You have to be on the social media channels. You have to be on the professional channels. You have to be on your industry-specific channels. You have to make sure that you are in the right publications as well. But this is the long-term play. In the short term, in, in a nascent business like yours, I would imagine that, yes, the personable, personalized, uh, approachable approach pardon the, uh, the usage of the word approach twice, uh, is, is the best way forward. Um, I, I do have a more general question as well in terms of your readiness, for example. So uh, in, in terms of your background, do you have a, a background where uh, entrepreneurship or even some kind of uh, academic background that actually has led you or provided you the tools in order to uh, start your business or is it something that you would cast under the common sense type of thing? Yeah. So um, my academic background is mathematics and uh, through doing that, I learned a lot about um, software development. And then in doing so, I started my own app development company previously. And I see the, the leverage that I have is a lot of things that would cost a lot of people, a lot of money, like, um, starting very lean because I can build all my own websites. I'm very comfortable with technology and technology integration. A lot of people would see that would um, see that as a problem and might throw thousands of dollars at that. Uh, I, I've found that that's one of my strengths. Uh, in terms of an entrepreneurial background, um, as I said, I've had my own app development company before. And then um, our father has always been a an entrepreneur. And I suppose having those conversations with people you trust and uh, having those mentors in your life where you realize starting business isn't that scary. It's just about doing, and um, you're probably going to fail. You're probably going to make, you're probably going to skin your knees along the way. But when you have those touch points and you can actually see people who have succeeded, but then you can also see the other side where they have to put a lot of work into it. So, you know, so I suppose the delusion that some people might have around of it because they don't have any touchstones, I suppose I've had that experience just firsthand seeing mm -hmm. our dad do business. As well as, as well as some failures of our own that have led, led to being able to partner up together. We've had failures and bad business partners out on our own, but then being able to say, hey, we've probably gone through enough individually to, to see that we'd be good business partners for each other now. So um, coming into this with that strength is huge.
So if you, if you were to uh, summarize two, maybe three key learnings in terms of setting up a business and your experience and something that you would like to communicate to our audience, what, were, what would these three points be? Uh, definitely strategize, but don't put strategy ahead of doing. And then also um, be optimistic about every scenario because you might walk into a meeting thing, it's a, thinking it's a waste of time, a waste of time, and then completely shock yourself that someone's just giving you a piece of advice or giving you an opportunity that you would never have expected. So I'd always never judge a book by its cover. Go in with an open mind and a, a bit of optimism to every experience. And then thirdly, um, I would say try and start as lean as possible. And well, just from my perspective, the way I started this business is I sold a lot of my personal possessions. So I didn't have to go into debt. So if you have debt on your back, that's already a, a weight. So like, I just think how many things can you reduce that aren't going to cause you to have anxieties? And one of those things for me is debt. Also one from me would be having an idea of where you want to get to and having to think about what sort of person would achieve that and repeating that to yourself regularly. So who do I want to become to step into the boots that would be able to achieve what I want to achieve and affirming affirmation, I guess that is yeah, just from an inspirational point of view. And getting Excellent. Well, uh, it's been really good uh, having you guys here today. Um, and I think sort of in summarising, you know, in a world where we've got uh, uh, elbow bumps and, and avoiding eye contact and tons of hand sanitizer, you, you know, you still see networking as a really key um, uh, operation of uh, doing business, finding new business and making strategic partners. You guys, with your uh, fumigating the virus, you're in an excellent position in the, in the, uh, in the marketplace in, in this time. You know, timing of entry is just as important as the, what you enter with. So well done there. And you touched on a bit of uh, automation and, and how that could uh, help you to actually handle some of the basic inquiries and, and in dealing with consistency. So if, uh, if any of our listeners want to get in touch with uh, James and Mick from Iron Drake Cleaning, they can go to irondrake.com.au. That's I-R-O-N-D-R-A-K-E, Iron Drake, like a duck or bigger duck or male duck, whatever that is. Um, and in our next episode, we'll be talking about referral marketing. So we hope you'll join us again. Uh, if you have any questions or topics you wish for us to discuss, feel free to grab one of us on LinkedIn. Uh, or if you'd like to even be on the podcast, you can connect with us uh, through our LinkedIn profiles or on the frontlinepodcast.com on our website. And uh, you can also get a hold of all our past episodes while you're there. So thank you again for listening. Um, feel free to tune, uh, tune in uh, to one of our other episodes or our next one coming up. We publish every Monday. And thanks again for having us. Bye, everybody. You have been listening to the Sales and Marketing Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and hope to see you again soon on the front line.